Welcome to the Cowboy Chronicles postgame edition. This is the Oklahoman's Oklahoma State Athletics Podcast. I am your host, Scott Wright, joined by columnist Barry Trammell. Coming to you following Oklahoma State's 41-34 overtime loss to Texas. Barry, that was uh, a wild game. I'll tell you, it was. Uh, I, I knew it had been a crazy day when I uh, when I uh, when I, I walked in the restroom in between the fourth quarter and overtime, and uh, someone from the fan side of the uh, of of the of the restroom in there had snuck in the bathroom and was smoking a cigarette. <laughs> it was Scotty. I walked in the bathroom well after the game, like two hours. And I thought this smells like cigarette smoke in here. <laughs> yeah, you have uncovered the mystery. Yes, it was uh, it's ridiculous. It was a wild day. I was uh, I was sitting there for uh, for a couple of hours waiting to see which photo I was going to need to use of Spencer Sanders, whether it was going to be the one of him uh, successfully throwing a pass or the one of him laying on the ground after uh, after getting sacked and fumbling the ball. Because it felt uh, it felt all day like uh, like he was going to make the play that decided the game. You just didn't know which side it was going to be on. Yeah, you know, the, just a frustrating day for anybody associated with OSU because the defense played so spectacularly, and the offense moved the ball. Yeah, I mean, they even though they couldn't run it, the passing game was working, but they just didn't hang on to it. Four turnovers. Three, three fumbles and an interception, plus the, the, the roughing the punter penalty that will live in infamy. Um, kickoff return for a touchdown by Texas. Just so many things transpired to make up such, to make up the, the massive dominance of OSU in this game. Texas punted 10 times. Only had one touchdown drive longer than 25 yards. Not one touchdown longer than 25 yards. One touchdown drive longer than 25 yards so just ah ah a game cowboys should have won and if they win it they're in the driver's seat for arlington to play for the big 12 title now it's just a horse race with five teams and we'll see uh we'll see how it turns out really uh really threw the uh the big 12 standings into uh, uh into a mess now with uh, a bunch of one and two lost teams battling it out but um, but that's uh, there's still a lot of football to be played to to decide uh, what uh, what all goes down in uh, in Arlington. But uh, from uh, from from tonight, Barry, what what can you take from uh, from what we saw from uh, from this defense? Well, coming in, we were fairly certain this was a very good OSU defense, and now we know it for certain. And it's even better than we thought because this team, uh, like I said, Sam Ellinger is an experienced quarterback. It's a good Texas offense. Not a great Texas. It's not a juggernaut offense. But it's an offense that, you know, doesn't get shut down by anybody. And OSU really put their stamp on them. I mean, they didn't, like I said, 10, 10 punts um, held them twice to field goals after – OSU turnovers at the 20-yard line or closer and uh, overcame some injuries. Colby uh, Harvell-Peel gets knocked out early, and still they just stayed in there. At the end, they gave up a little. uh, The drive with the roughing the punter, Texas converts two other fourth downs, 
gets it in the end zone to, to take the lead. And then in overtime, they let Texas score. But I just thought they were wonderful defense. I thought they played great tonight. And to get so little help from the rest of the team, special teams, disasters, four offensive turnovers, you know, just you just got to be distraught if you're the OSU defense having played that well and not go home a winner. Yeah, absolutely, and uh, and you could see that in the faces of the guys that we got to talk to on the uh, on the Zoom conference after the game. Trey Sterling, uh, Brock Martin, um, uh, Brock Martin was uh, was particularly distraught uh, after uh, after the game, and uh, said that uh, you know his message to the team is to uh, to to let this uh, let this game burn inside you. He wants uh, he wants to he wants them to be pissed about uh, the way that, uh, the, the, that this game ended up and not forget this feeling. Uh, obviously, Oklahoma State goes to Kansas State next week, and that'll be two teams coming off of, uh, of difficult losses of, of different kinds. But, uh, but this Oklahoma State defense uh, has to uh, – you've got you've to look really hard to, to be able to get past the end result and uh, and and take some solace in in what you did well, which was a lot. Um, you mentioned the injuries. Colby Harvell Peel w- went out with uh, what uh, was first reported as a head injury, later reported as a leg injury. Uh, some people were speculating a hamstring. Uh, we'll see exactly what that is. Um, it's a, if it was a hamstring, it must have been pretty serious for him to come out not uh, not suited up. For the second half, and in uh, n- not in pads, that's uh, uh, that was uh, an interesting sight. Once they said it was a uh, a hamstring or a leg injury of some kind, so we'll see what exactly the issue is there. Trey Sterling uh, was in and out of the game late, uh, got beat for uh, for one of the touchdowns, and then was off the field in overtime. And then uh, you had offensive line issues again. Tevin Jenkins went out at one point, but came back in. Jake Springfield limped off, and uh, and that was the uh, that's the second tackle that uh, that Oklahoma State has lost in uh, in five games now this season. So difficult uh, difficult situation for the guys on the offensive line. The uh, the musical chairs continued as uh, as Mike Gundy has uh, referenced several times this year. Uh, the uh, uh, Jake Sills or excuse me Josh Sills played. Three different positions on the offensive line. Played his usual left guard where he started the game. Moved over to right tackle when Tevin Jenkins went out. And then moved back over to left tackle when uh, when Springfield went out. So he was all over the place and uh, and uh, and held his own. But uh, running the ball was uh, was still a bit of an issue. For uh, for Oklahoma State, they couldn't couldn't get the run game going the way that they wanted to, and I was surprised that they were trying so hard to get the run game going when it seemed like throwing the ball was working as well as it was. Yeah, I, I looked, uh, I charted the uh, run, the designed runs and the designed passes, and the same ratio basically in the in the halves, and that's bewildering considering the longer the game went, the more it was became clear they couldn't run the ball, even in overtime. Um, Cowboys face a. Uh, I think it was a second and 11 to start, I think is what it was, or maybe it was second and 10, 
whatever it was, L.D. Brown breaks an 11-yard run, uh, so I give him credit. But on second and 13 from the 17, they run the ball. I mean, that just, you know. And then uh, I think Chuba made three yards, so it's third and 10. It's just and, – and, you know, Casey Dunn seemed to indicate that uh, some of the screens and short stuff that worked so well in the first half, they sort of emptied the playbook. I don't know if that means you can't go back to it or if Texas adjusted. I don't know what happened. But clearly the running game, it was it was paltry. The two biggest – the two best running plays were non-traditional, a 35-yard scramble by uh, Spencer Sanders and then a 19-yard reverse by Braden Johnson. So – Nothing going on at all in the running game. I think Chuba was 25 of 72, or 25 for 70 for 72 yards. LD Brown eight for 33. So between them, that's 33 carries, 105 yards. And Spencer Sanders had seven uh, designed runs for four yards. So I mean, you're talking 40 carries for less than 120 yards. So I mean, uh, whatever it was. So. Less than three yards per run play. You know, that's you got to bail on that at some point, and the Cowboys really never did. No, Chuba Hubbard's longest rush of the night was nine yards, which is uh, it. It felt uh, felt like he had some bigger plays than that because he had some uh, some moments where he looked like he was close to really breaking a big one, but never did. But uh, nine yards, he had some uh, some receptions that went for longer than that, but. Um, and, and at the end of the day, it totaled over 100 yards from scrimmage, but uh, but still not uh, not the day that you want when you're uh, when you're running the ball. Uh, on the other hand, Spencer Sanders threw for 400 yards and uh, and four touchdowns. Yeah, and you know what? He did a lot of good things, but you know those three turnovers. You just you can't have that, and it no. keeps happening. And at some point, it's not, you know, something's got to break. Right. You can't have, you know, they survived it last week against Iowa State. Was it two turnovers two last turnovers week? Two turnovers last and, week. And they had one takeaway, right? Yes. So you're only down one. If that had just been down three ta- takeaways. Right. Tonight, today, they don't win this game. But you go down four. Um, you set them up. You set the Cowboys, set Texas up at the 20, the 8, and the 15, I think it was, the right. three places they got set up. Plus overtime, 25. Mm-hmm. You know, you're just, you're just gifting points to the, uh, to the Longhorns. So very discouraging, very discouraging, I thought. Just not at all what, what you want if, you, if you're a championship team. Uh, this has got it, and still does has a chance to win the Big Twelve title. But man, this was a, this was a giveaway of of uh, epic proportions. Yeah, it was, and uh, and kind of surprising to see it go down the way that uh, the way that it did. Um, Oklahoma State led thirty-one to twenty at one point, and it was uh, as I said on the video that we did after the game it was a, it was a very brief lead. Uh, of uh, of that size because that was when uh, Texas returned the kickoff 100 yards for a touchdown and uh, made it 31 to 26 really quickly. But um, 
this was a game that you felt like Oklahoma State was was in control of for so long, and uh, and then just let te- Texas hang around for uh, for too long, and you get Sam Ellinger in a uh, in a close ball game at the end, and he seems to find a way to uh, to make plays at least uh, in this season in particular. Well, and the Cowboys had so many times they could have just taken over, you know. Right. Is, you referenced it. It's thirty-one twenty, taking an eleven-point lead, and they let Jamison uh, Deshaun Jamison run the kickoff back. Yeah, and then it's the Cowboys have a thirty-one twenty-six lead. They reach the thirty-one yard line of Texas with twelve minutes left in the game. Mm-hmm. So they're getting ready to, you know, you had a field goal there, and you really got Texas on the ropes. You score a touchdown, the game's over, and LD Brown, who's Pretty reliable football player. Fumbles. He was hit pretty hard. Give, right. You know, give Texas credit. Um, and that's when, you know, 12 minutes, 12 minutes and change is when Texas begins that. They get the ball after that L.D. Brown fumble. That's when they go on that eight-minute drive. Right. That was kept alive by the roughing the punter penalty. Mm-hmm. And, you know, just, just a very – so many chances to, you know, just put this one away, and it just didn't. Heck, they're up. OSU's up twenty-four seventeen in the fourth in the second quarter, and get a great stop, make make Texas punt from deep in their own territory, and looks like hey, drive in maybe get a field goal, go up ten or something. Instead, that's when we have the uh, the Sanders fumble yeah. in the pocket. I think is, is yes. which was the turnover. Texas runs it back ever how many yards? 48 yards, 50 yards. Sets up for an easy field goal. So, you know, so many times just put your, you know, put your uh, put your lock on this game and it just didn't happen. No, no, they couldn't couldn't find a way. Um, you know, Texas was was penalized a ton uh, and and Oklahoma State did their best to take advantage of, of those opportunities, but uh, but in the end Oklahoma State's penalties only 70 yards worth, but uh, but they came at such inopportune times. He had uh, had three big ones late in the game. The roughing the punter penalty, obviously. Uh, earlier in that drive, he had a, uh, a third and long situation with a uh, pass interference penalty down the field, uh, and then you had the uh, the pass interference that was called in uh, in overtime on Thomas Harper. That uh, that that kept uh, kept Texas moving. A little on, bit of a shaky that call. That one was. That one was it one like of those. The Texas guy just tripped. Yeah, it looked like they got uh, got tangled up, or he had stumbled, or something uh, had happened. I was uh, uh, a little surprised after seeing the replay of that. Uh, but watching it live, it was uh, it was a little bit tougher to tell what exactly had happened there. So uh, that's a that's a tough situation. Uh, but uh, but yeah, that was uh, definitely an iffy call on that one. So penalties uh, penalties hurt down the stretch at uh, at really inopportune times. And uh, you know Mike Gundy talks about uh, has been for the last couple of years now winning with discipline. You know turnovers, penalties, special teams plays uh, being uh, being big momentum swings and uh, and Oklahoma State got hit hard in uh, in all of those categories tonight yeah i just uh you know now texas had the penalties too texas had way more right. penalties than did yeah they, they did and they you know they got uh hit a lot on the the defensive holding pass interference stuff 
Tyron Wallace. I don't know if we've even mentioned his name. <laughs> we, we haven't, and that's a shame. I mean, he's the best player on the floor. He's the best player in the Big 12 Conference. He's just dominated the game. Texas had very difficulty uh, covering him. The longer the game went, Texas focused more on him, and uh, Sanders had to find some other targets. Notably, Dylan Stoner, who came up huge, I thought. He did. Um, even a, a catch they overruled was a phenomenal catch. Um, and uh, so uh, Talon Wallace was just great, and they couldn't cover him. I'd like to have seen a couple of you know, throws to Wallace in the end zone there at the end just to see, you know, even if you, even if you throw Wallace into coverage – you know, he sometimes comes down with the ball. Mm-hmm. I'd rather see that on second and thirteen than a handoff uh, behind a uh, a makeshift offensive line. Yeah, absolutely. That was probably the uh, the one thing you're uh, most frustrated about if you're a, a Cowboys fan uh, in the in terms of the late play calling was not giving him a chance to get involved. He had a uh, I think one catch on the uh, the late drive to go down and tie the game. Uh, but they didn't look his way at all in overtime, or if they did, it was uh, covered, obviously, but uh, didn't throw the ball his way in overtime. And uh, they had at least a couple of opportunities when they uh, they maybe could have given him a shot and uh, and tried to do something. Um, you know, they, uh, for the most part, uh, but, well... He was just—he was just ridiculous all night. Uh, Eleven catches for 187 yards, two touchdowns. Uh, really, just uh, an incredible, uh, incredible performance. And as I uh, as I wrote in uh, in Saturday's paper, it's the day after the one-year anniversary of his his torn ACL, and it's hard to hard to believe when you watch that guy play that he had a torn ACL a year ago. Yeah, um, he just. You know, he just uh, made a couple of phenomenal catches. Texas had trouble gar- covering him, but at times they did cover him well, and he still made the still catch. Still made plays. So he's a special talent, and you know he's the reason that the offense really hummed along at such a high clip today. Uh, just uh, you know, just too many mistakes, too many turnovers that negated what was really sort of a breakout performance I thought by the OSU offense yeah it was this was their uh, you know Kansas aside uh, this was the uh, the best performance we've seen out of them uh, statistically obviously the uh, the the turnovers wipe out a lot of uh, a lot of that and, and make you forget a lot of that so um, really interesting to see what they do. There's definitely a uh, a need to work on uh, on decision making and uh, and taking care of the ball for Spencer Sanders. I'm um, sure that there's a uh, a faction of of OSU fans that want to see a change made, but I don't uh, I don't feel that Shane Illingworth is uh, is at the level to move this offense. At the way that the way that uh, that Spencer Sanders did, you look at at what uh, at what Illingworth did. He was uh, he was really solid and really vital in the role that he was uh, asked to play earlier this year. But I don't uh, I don't I don't think that you gain enough um, to uh, to make a change. No, uh, I mean let's let's be uh, Illingworth did a great job filling in. But let's be honest. 
The offense was not very effective. No. When he quarterbacked. Against Kansas, sure. But against Tulsa, 16 points. Against uh, West Virginia, 20 offensive points. Right. You know, so at this point, you sort of got to live with Spencer Sanders' uh, mistakes. Next season, all bets are off. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's uh, I think it's an open competition for uh, for those two guys a, a uh, an off season from now, so it'll be uh, interesting to see what uh, what direction that goes. But um, real quick, we'll uh, we'll wrap it up here in a second, Barry. But uh, looking ahead to uh, to the Kansas State game, did uh, did Kansas State show themselves as being what uh, what we all kind of thought they were today? To me, they did. You know, I covered the Kansas State Oklahoma game. And, you know, the Sooners were just clocking them until they quit playing with two minutes left in the third quarter. And I thought, well, this isn't – Kansas State's defense, I think, is pretty good. Mm -hmm. Their offense is not very good at all. I don't know that they're going to be able to – I think Oklahoma State's defense will shut down K-State. So it won't take – you know, you're not going to need 34 points to get to overtime next week. Right. You you know, you score 24 and you're probably going to be fine. So just eliminate the mistakes. You'll win easy. You might be able to win anyway. And that's a big that's a big win because here's the deal. For all the talk about we're dumping on Kansas State, we're halfway more than halfway through the season. Mm-hmm. Kansas State's in first place. <laughs> that's right. So let's not let's not dog them too much. Yeah. I don't think they're going to last. I don't think they're going to be in Arlington. But they're in first place, so Cowboys can you know a, a victory there would would uh, be a big in terms of not just momentum, but you know putting putting some space between you and one of the teams trying to get there. Right now, I've been saying all night there's five teams. West Virginia's three and two and plays at Texas on Saturday, so really there's six teams still in yeah. the running. If West Virginia can go to Austin and pull off the upset. You know, West Virginia's in the running. So right. um, it's an interesting – it's going to be an interesting race. And somebody at 7-2, and two, I think, is 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 going to be in – well, not any doubt about it. Now, there's going to be uh, somebody 7-2 and two in Arlington and maybe a couple of 7-2s and twos in Arlington. Yeah, could be. Or we could have a four-way tie at 6-3, and three, and then we'll have to figure out what, <laughs> what the tiebreaker is. Um, who, who knows what's going to happen with uh, with this going down the stretch? But um, big game for Oklahoma State next week to bounce back up in Manhattan. A 3 p.m. kickoff uh, that was uh, was announced uh, late this evening. Uh, that that'll be a 3 p.m. Fox production next Saturday at Kansas State. Barry, uh, we'll finish it up with the uh, with my favorite segment of every uh, podcast. The most important thing I forgot. Uh, because I always forget something. Did I, did, I, uh, did I leave out anything hugely important uh, off of this ball game? I would say yes. We did not discuss what was really a bright spot, which was the two-minute offense at the end of regulation. Yeah, that was. I mean, that Cowboys was impressive. get down 34-31. Right. With, uh, they get the ball back with a minute 13. At their own 20. And they're in no, no timeouts, and they're in trouble. And they bang, 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 you know, four four successive passes ranging in from 28 to 7 yards, get in range, and that's exactly what you want. Now, it didn't go great after that. 
Right. A, a quick out to Dylan Stoner makes a second and three um, with about 25 seconds or so. But then uh, Spencer Sanders drops back to pass, sees nothing, decides to scramble for the first down up the middle, gets, gets uh, tackled, shy of the first down, clock's ticking. That means OSU has to run up and spike the ball. So now it's fourth down. You have to kick a field goal. You don't right. get the chance to throw the ball in the end zone to Tylen Wallace and win the game. Right. So, you know, being picky, you know, that's some criticism. But overall, very, very solid two-minute two minute drive. Yeah. Yeah, it really, it really was because you felt like, uh, you know, they had had to burn their time out so early that – uh, well, I say so early. They had all three of them left, and then had to use them with, uh, you know, in the three-minute range to uh, to conserve as much time as possible and uh, wait for them their chance when they got the ball back. But um, no timeouts, and the way the uh, offense had been moving at that point, you felt like they were uh, they were going to be in trouble. But uh, that was really an impressive drive. All right, with that, we'll go ahead and uh, and wrap it up. For uh, for Barry Trammell, I am Scott Wright. Thank you for listening to the Cowboy Chronicles podcast.